From the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. Hi, this is MJ. And this is Mark. And we have some news this morning. News? Yeah. Do we? Someone pregnant? We have some bankruptcy news. No, oh, no, 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 no. Almost. It didn't almost. go bankrupt. Did you watch it? No, huh? So, um, the, uh, the prophet uh, Marcus Lemonis had Tumbleweed Tiny Homes on the show for the second, uh, for their the second show of the current season. What's, what's the prophet? So, the prophet is unlike Shark Tank. Um, Marcus, What's Shark Tank? Oh <laughs> I'm going to slap you. Some people don't know this stuff. Okay. Uh, so rather than uh, an entrepreneur pitching a group of people for an investment, Marcus goes to different companies, goes in, evaluates their problems, and personally writes a check to invest in their companies. And Marcus is an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur who's very successful. He's very successful. He's 10 plus years at RV World. Yes. So incredibly, you know... Uh, um, done incredible things with his company than he is. I mean, when it comes to him evaluating these companies is amazing. I mean, he knows how to do B2B, B2C, you name it. Um, He writes a check. There's no, from what they've said, there's no legal paperwork. It's all a handshake deal. Wow. Yeah. And he's only had a couple go squirrely, (laughs) which again, he's very public and transparent about. So it's like people get, you know, shit reputations, I guess, out of that and still can't manage to save their own company. So, Tumbleweed on, tiny houses. Go ahead. On average, how much money does he write for? Yeah, uh, anywhere from three hundred grand to sometimes a little over a million. Wow. Yeah. So it's bank. the real deal. Yeah. I mean, it's real money. And, yeah, yeah. And, and he does it well to make money, but also to save American jobs. That's what too. I heard. You right. Say. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, cool. uh, <laughs> so they did tumbleweed tiny homes. Um, tumbleweed was one point seven million dollars underwater in debt. Did they say um, what that was? They didn't go into the details of how it got to be so bad, mm-hmm. um, but they were a week away from going under. A week. A week away from closing from the door? literally shutting the door wow. when the show was taped, which is, this is pretty extreme. A, it's a lot of money. I've never seen another uh, show where it's been that much underwater um, and that close to like sh- shutting the doors. What and, did he discover was the problem, or do they go into that? Uh, Steve. I was wondering. I mean, Steve's a nice guy, He's which nice he goes guy. into. Um, Steve, so the the money that Steve put into the company, which they highlighted a couple of times, fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then when and the company was making money, well, not a lot for the sale. I mean, yeah. But over the last number of years, he was pulling out. Steve was pulling out one hundred to two hundred thousand dollars a year, which isn't huge, but he pulled out six hundred grand. Not a bad return, right? Fifteen hundred yeah, in, six hundred out. But again, still one point seven million underwater. Um, and then only in the last year, which Steve didn't see coming, that's when kind of cash flow things hit and all this. Um, so Marcus wrote a check for three million bucks. Wow! For seventy five percent of the company. Good for him because someone needs to control somebody. Well, yep, yeah, and and Steve. Seemed very contrite, as he should have been. Yeah. I mean, it's been eight days of toast. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, right. 
Um, and they seem to be making some changes. Now, it makes a lot of sense, obviously, for, for Marcus with RV World. I mean, oh, he, it's he total could, connection. He could drop these things yeah. in every one of yeah. their lots. And, yeah. and he went in and he, he kind of um, showed them RV, the RVs and where they could actually build some other things and, and make the make it even more convenient to live in these things. Because mm-hmm. the, the, tiny, the tumbleweed model to me, we've been in a couple, mm-hmm. and the ton, tumbleweed model to me has always struck me as really confined. Yes. The layout. And, and, and they, they opened them up and yet set, created more storage at the same time. So they but, brought in people in an RV uh, uh, industry, camping world parking lots. Mm-hmm. They brought people in to have them take a look, give their feedback, mm-hmm. do this and do that. So they got really good feedback from customers. Um, when Marcus asked Steve, because it's like Steve didn't quite seem 100% connected to the business, really, or model in a way. So, so Marcus says, well, you know, I didn't have a great night sleeping overnight in the thing. I felt like, where did I put my stuff? How do I plug it in? You know, some other things right, like that. Right. He said, well, Steve, you, you've, you've spent overnight in these, right? He goes, well, yeah. He says, well, how many times? One. <gasps> Oh, are you kidding? So, so a lot of this was Steve just kind of, he's like a restaurant guy is what he used to be. Is that what he used to be? Yeah. So that, you know, one guy ended up going sideways. The COO that had just been hired like three weeks before ended up walking out of the deal or, you know, walking away from the company. But uh, why, think, did, why did he walk away? Um, somebody else he was having conflict with. Mm. Basically that guy left, but he was a really good guy. Marcus brought him back after the investment and it tweaked the, the guy off enough to just kind of walk wow. out of the company, which made sense. One of the best things that they did to, to save the company, they had a four-month backlog of, of build. Orders, yeah. Yeah, of, yeah. so, yeah. and it took them like, I can't remember now, like 21 days to build each unit. Um, the, the, the building space that they have in Colorado could, would build three at a time. Mm-hmm. And they were customizing the shit out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. That, of course, Marcus said, "Now nah, that's right. done. Yeah. yeah. But so, so building three at a time and then building the trailers took up the other space. Half right. the space. Right. So Marcus, again, pretty bright, outsourced that. Yep. A company that did it really well. Yeah. And now they're building six at a time. What, yeah. the trailers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, see, they just pulled all the, well, they're not just, but they somewhat recently pulled all their subcontract, um, uh, their subcontract, their contracts with their subcontract builders for the trailers because they used to sub all those out. Okay. Um, and then they brought it in-house, which was, they had done that recently. Hmm. Not recently, but, right. you know, some Well, now they reversed it and they put it back in somebody else's hands to deal yeah. with and they're yeah, building the six at a time. Yeah, the people that are experts so, at building trailers. Yeah, I think they'll make some money. Now. I know you had said that uh, you, you were concerned, Mark, or actually, actually just asking a question, if, if uh, Sassman's absenteeism as a CEO would be a problem. Did they bring that up? They didn't. I mean, they brought up that he's, you know, has a, a home in California and one in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And they Steve? didn't go. Yeah. Weissman? Yeah. Oh, Weissman, I sorry. Sass- I did okay. say Sassman. Sassman's a <laughs> yeah. different Steve. Yeah, different Steve. Uh, is that the, anyway, it's, that's a Tesla yeah, guy, It's a it? Tesla guy, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they didn't bring that up. So they didn't bring up how much. Well, they, they did bring up how little time Steve had spent on the floor building things. Like, he didn't really understand <laughs> he didn't know. He anything. He didn't know the business, right? yeah. So he didn't know it. And he was during the process of the show, spending a lot more time there. Interesting. You know what I find weird also about this is there's three, the three, quote unquote, biggest tiny house uh, manufacturers in the country um, were all three located, were all three located in Colorado, Colorado Springs area. And now one of them, two of them have either gone under or are really, really up against the wall. There's only really one. Sprout is the only one of the three 
that is really, really doing really, really well. And they were one of the first um, tiny house manufacturers to actually convert over to the uh, B2B model. Yeah. Mm. Um, while everyone else was still floundering in the, in the B2C world, um, Sprout was already on the, on the B2B world pretty early. So they've got some amazing, uh, amazing deals out of that. And B2B is business to business for you guys who don't know about businesses. And B2C is business to customer business. Right. Um, and the business to customer model, of course, is so much more hand-holding, right? Yeah. And it's so Everybody much more customization that. and mm-hmm. so much more wrinkles in the build and timelines yeah. affected. And business, of course, business to business is, hey, I want 25 of those. Done. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wonder, did, did they bring in Jay Schaefer at all? Not Didn't mention him. I'd be curious to hear what Jay might think about this. Yeah, me too. I mean, I was wondering if they'd bring him up, but I think it just wasn't relative to... It wasn't relevant. To be in 1.7 so million underwater. Ago, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So long yeah. ago. But, but I would have still, it would have been curious to hear his perspective on it. It really would have been. I mean, I'm sure in some regards he's happy because now the thing lives on. Yeah, it probably. Would have, it would have been gone otherwise. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a method to their madness. There, nice one, Mark. <laughs> there's a method to everyone's there, madness, there, especially there. nomads' madness. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, we have a couple of nomads on the show today. Let's welcome... Did I hear some giggles back there? Let's welcome Ross and Sheena to the show. Ross and Sheena, how you doing? Yay. Hey guys, good hey morning. Guys. Sorry that about was the... pretty smooth, I want to <laughs> say. You should hear some of our other transitions. They're not so smooth. Not so no. smooth. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'd think we need the squatty potty in here to make sure that we can be more smooth with our movements. Get stuff moving. <laughs> so, so, um... Just for the listeners, because that's all we do this show for. Actually, we do it for ourselves, and that's all we do that for. But anyway, um, Ross and Sheena are traveling in their uh, tiny house as they say they're taking a sabbatical, but I have a feeling that it, it might be there's some, there might be a deeper a story to that. Yeah, a permanical. <laughs> a permanical yeah. uh, from their jobs. I completely agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> we decided it was going to be a year up front, and now that we're at the end of our year, we're a little addicted. There so. you go. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they are, they are, I think it's certified registered nurse assistants. Is that what CRNA is? Certified registered nurse anesthetist. Oh, so anesthetist. Also known as nurse anesthesiologist. We do anesthesia. We provide anesthesia services. We're the ones that put you to sleep, wake you up for surgery, do labor epidurals for mamas, having babies, that sort of thing. God, you do all that in your tiny house? That's amazing. <laughs> I know, right? That was great. How do you fit those spinal needles in there? <laughs> So you both are this? You both have that profession? Yep. yep. That's how we met, actually. Um, there's a little grad school in Madison, Tennessee. Up by Nashville. That's uh, one of the largest anesthesia schools in the country for CRNA. Huh. And uh, we met in class, actually, in the simulation lab, intubating right. dummies. And I made fun of his hat because he had on this red and black hat. And I thought it was an FSU hat, like Florida State University. And I went to University of Florida, so I was going to make sure that he knew that we were not going to be friends. <laughs> um, and it turned out to be a University of Louisville Cardinal hat, which he's a diehard fan. So we were okay. So you can make that now. Well, wait a minute. So was there was there an argument like I'm not no FSU? Oh yeah, Gator oh, yeah. or whatever they are. <laughs> exactly how it went. Yeah. That's exactly how that went. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny when you say an anesthetician. Is that how you say that word? Anesthetist. Yeah, it's a really hard word. Yeah, yeah it, it sounds usually like usually just CRNAs. It's a lot easier. Yeah, it is a lot easier. <laughs> anyway, so I'll forget that joke. Okay, so <laughs> so you guys met in school, and then obviously you you both graduated because you got the degree and the certification, right? Okay, good. Oh yeah. Ever ever killed anybody? 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Honestly, no. <laughs> I guess Honestly, not. No. Still... On that call. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to the reason why you're here. Um, <laughs> so so uh, you live in a tiny house. You've been doing it for coming on a year now. Um, yep. How did you get into that bad boy? But wait a minute, wait a minute. The oh. real reason why they're here is because they served me bacon. What? <laughs> Let's oh, just be totally bourbon. honest. The reason why they're here bacon. Yeah. is because they I served them bourbon and then they That's fed right. me bacon. Ooh, well, was it on bacon. a was it on a donut? Uh, no, it was it was made hot just for me, bacon and eggs and breakfast. And, nice. Yeah. So wait, was this enough. was this the morning after breakfast? Yes, it was. Were yeah. you guys? <laughs> Were you guys in the same bed? That's the best way Some to make Some of us were. <laughs> this is really going off did, the rails. Are you excited? Did you still have your kidneys? <laughs> How was that bacon? Uh, the bourbon was lovely. Thank you. <laughs> okay, she, she remembers the drinks yeah. and not the pork. Buffalo trays. <laughs> so anyway, back to the tiny house. So how did you guys build the tiny house or did you purchase it or what? So this tiny house, we've actually been tiny living for close to three years now. Oh. And this is our second tiny home. Wow. Our first one is a complete disaster and we can talk about that. But <laughs> this one, uh, we had Mike Bedsole at Tiny House Chattanooga do our custom tiny house trailer, our bolstruck steel frame, and all of our off-grid components. Because at the time when we were designing and doing all this, the off-grid stuff was just way over our heads. And we wanted somebody professional so we wouldn't blow up or break down on the road. Um, so he did all that, and he did a fabulous job. He's absolutely wonderful, awesome builder, great quality, um, just an all-around great guy. We love him. Um, so he did that, but everything inside the house uh, that you see, we did. So we put in the floors, ceilings, walls, lofts, garage ladders, door. garage door. Yeah, giant wow. garage door. Yeah. Uh, we did all that ourselves. Wow. Congratulations on how long did it take you to do that work? It took about five months total. Hmm. Uh, Mike took about two months to do his part at Tiny House Chattanooga. And we took about three months in his parents, Ross's yeah. parents' backyard. My dad's backyard, yeah. <laughs> in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Real classy. Good job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got it built in about five months total. Awesome. Good job, too, on, on, on promoting Chattanooga and Volstra. Mm-hmm. We have well. I, I'm a big fan. Like, if we find products or people that we love, um, I will promote them all day long because they deserve the business. Right and on. there's some in our our community that don't. So <laughs> right on, right on. I think we have both of those on the show, didn't we? I know mm-hmm. we had Volkstruck. We had Volkstruck. Oh, we have not. We've tried multiple times. Oh, we. Oh, have is that tried, that's right. Yeah, we have tried that. Mike, shout out, Mike. Mike. <laughs> got to get it together, Mike. <laughs> I don't know. Finally, hey, I finally got the chance to actually meet him in person in <clears> Florida. Um, well, actually in Florida and Texas. So I don't know, maybe they like us well enough that the schedule will stick this time. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, they like you, but that man doesn't sleep. I uh, swear he does not sleep. He works all the time. He's putting out some, some good quality tiny houses, but a lot of them. That's really yeah, good to hear. Yeah, some amazing, he's, amazing hopefully he's going to stick around yeah. unlike some of the other builders. And yeah. we can make this feel like work. Yeah, he actually <laughs> did a build. You guys had uh, Bryce Langston on recently yep. from yes. Looking Big in a Tiny House. He just yeah. did a build with Bryce, uh, and they debuted it at the Florida Tiny House mm-hmm. Festival recently. It was awesome. Which was so adorable. <laughs> First of all, he, Bryce is, uh, you know, he he just built a, so not only is it a tiny house, I think it's 13, Bryce and I were comparing notes, I think his is like either 13 or 14 feet long. So it's a tiny, mm. it's a traveling yeah. tiny house. Yeah. Um, but it was so poor Bryce because they just, you know, when you go to the shows or if you have a model, 
well, Sheena and Ross can talk about this too. So when you go to a show and you have a model, you're used to people traipsing through it and going through mm, your stuff, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And if it's a model home, you kind of don't care and you clean it up for the next show. But when it's your own house, mm-hmm. it's a significantly different experience. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, on top of that with Bryce, it was his first house mm. and he was his baby. Like it literally mm. just came into the world. At <laughs> that the, would suck. So that he would be was, hard to watch. He was yeah. like, He's like, what is wrong with people? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you, Bryce, for having people come through it? Just I a few thousand. Just a few thousand. He closed it. He closed it on Sunday. Of course, it was go. also raining. But yeah, um, yeah so. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, You're so right, though. People are very bold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they are. are. They'll sneak around. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find those, build those in the corner. Okay. So let's, <laughs> getting back to the tiny houses. Um, yeah. So tell us about the first tiny house you had. Oh man. Oh uh, boy. Okay. So we <laughs> were living in Texas at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we uh, contracted with a RBI, a certified builder in Tennessee um, to build the Minim style. You've seen that from uh, Brian Levy uh, in DC. The Minim style is a little bit wider than your average tiny home. It's not very mobile friendly. It's about 10 foot, eight inches wide. It's a big tiny. Yeah. It's a big tiny for sure. So we, um, we bought the blueprints. We said, here, make this happen. And he did not at all. Um, there, we, were, there were artistic liberties. Taken. <laughs> yeah, that was right. Mm-hmm. Artistic liberties. Um, sure. So <laughs> sure. we mm-hmm. weren't able to see it because we were in Texas, you know, so they built it, you know, without us being there and without us actually being on site to check it, which I do not recommend. Our first ever. mistake. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but when it was delivered and it showed up, I flat out said, like, that's not my tiny house. Like, that's not what we discussed that's not the blueprints that's yeah. not anything and mm. incomplete it was oh, yeah. that different completely incomplete it was gangham style <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was bad it was really really bad um wow and we recently we still have it because they went out of business and oh. bankrupt and there were no repercussions and we couldn't really do anything so we still have it uh we recently just gutted it down to the studs because they didn't even seal the windows and the door properly so right. there was water damage under the floors, under the walls. Wow. Um, it, was a, it was a mess. I mean, it's awful. It's just awful. It's funny. We, so we're going to have a conversation in the studio here for a bit. So just kind of hang out with us. We'll, <laughs> ask, we'll ask a question to bring you back in. It's funny that so many, it seems like, and this could be my skewed perception, many builders are going in that direction. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. unfortunate too. It, yeah. does, it, it doesn't just seem that way. They are. Yeah. There are more and more, almost every, I don't know, couple of weeks or so, we hear another story like this. Um, now, some of them are actually going under, you know, as a result of the mistakes they're making. Mm-hmm. Some of them are still, you know, clicking along. Yeah, we won't use any names, but yes. some very prominent ones right. are some still. Some of them are still clicking along. But they're right along, on the precipice. And they've hopefully learned from their mistakes mm-hmm. and, you know, and so forth and so on. So there's, yeah, there's a huge range um, of, you know, tiny house builders out there and the reputations, um, their reputations, I don't know what. Perceive um, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I, you know, I have to say that I think what happened was everybody thought, the, everybody thought that tiny houses are really easy to build. It's, oh, I'm a contractor, so I can build a tiny house. Or um, it's a low overhead, low and mm. you know overhead for entry. Smaller I'm going to build it be, in my yeah. backyard. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to have any insurance. Yeah. I'm just going to buy a trailer and build a house on top of a trailer. Yeah. And, um, and re- again, not taking into consideration all those things we had talked about mm-hmm. about the being able to withstand an earthquake and a hurricane at the same time, mm-hmm. and all the additional 
um, due diligence steps that you have to go through to make it waterproof. And mm-hmm. so it's sad. I, it is sad, but um, I don't know that it's unexpected. Really, is it? Well, no, it's in not. A new I'm, industry, in an any industry, you'd industry, have this yeah. kind of shakedown of people getting in, and and not like they're. Well, probably some are getting in to screw people, but most of them are getting in thinking they can do it. The work. It's a and gold then, rush. Yeah, right. they're and then they find out that right. they're incompetent. Yeah. yeah, and it's not it's not negligent incompetence. It's just ignorant incompetence. Yeah. Well, they don't know what they're getting into. Yeah, we were in a, so one of the houses that was shown in Florida, um, name withheld, um, I was looking, I was just kind of standing out looking at it and they said, well, what do you think? And they were just, you know, they were just coming up to me and asking me what I think. And I'm like, I'm not sure that I'm the person that you want to ask this question. And they're like, no, 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 seriously, we want, we want, so I introduced myself. I told them who they I was. They didn't know who you were. No. And so I introduced myself and I told them who I was. And I said, if you really want my feedback, I'm not, you know, I'm going to tell you everything. So long story short, I had some feedback, that, but the first thing I mentioned right off the bat, and of course that, then they knew I knew what I was talking about, totally overweight or not overweight, but their tongue was underweighted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm like, what is your total weight on this? And they're like this. And I said, what is your tongue weight? Um, so the total weight was like close to 14,000 pounds. And their tongue weight was like less than 1,200. Wow. And I was like, oh, so you have to ballast when you go down the road. And they're like, yeah. And, like, and they were... Mm. Did they know what that meant? No, they, yeah, they had to. Oh, well, had- of course, your tongue weight has to be between yeah. 10 and 15%. Otherwise, you need to ballast the tongue in order to avoid the... But my point was, is even though your average person would look at this house and they would walk and go, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, um, immediately I knew that it had issues with being towed mm-hmm. down the road yeah. that, that I'm hoping of course that they'll be transparent with the people that buy it and say so these are the steps you have to yeah. these are the additional steps you had to make and, the, and they're egress in the lofts um, I told you know me um, my ass ain't gonna fit out that window <laughs> um, so that was another thing you know uh-huh. so, um, so again I think part of some of it is just flat old unprofessional sloppy ass work yeah and some of it is people that just think that building and designing tiny houses is easy. It's easy. And then they're like, yeah, well, except for the fact that it's going to fishtail and it's going to flip. And right. you know, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you guys... Freak, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think y'all nailed it. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So so how much did you spend on your first tiny house? Oh, God. This still Too much. a gut punch. Yeah. But about 59000 um, Oh. And you yeah. didn't get any of that back? No, zero. Not, it was supposed to be solar powered water catchment system. Wow. Um, oh, I'm I so sorry. Get to see the Dickinson stove they're supposed to put in. So our first winter that we spent in it, we got froze to death. Wow. Which we discovered there was no insulation in the floor. Which right. That's that was a surprise. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. So it it was a little bit of a a lot of bit of a disaster. That sounds like it. And oh. then the second one, how did you amazing? Oh, how, how did you buy that? How did you buy that one? And how much did it cost? So the second one, the one that we're in now, it was close to 65000 total, but we are completely off-grid. Mm. And we have a bad boy solar system. We have an awesome rainwater catchment system, uh, composting toilet, two gray water tanks, because our design is a little bit different with a kitchen on one end and a bathroom on another. Um, and it's just really well done. So it's a good custom trailer, um, which our first one was not. And then, you know, our bullstruck steel frame and, and all of that, so... And our giant seven foot by seven and a half foot garage door. Yeah. Right. And, then, and yeah. the new festival, the new tiny house official uh, best in show festival award that's 
probably hanging on their wall now. now. Didn't didn't tiny yeah. didn't tiny house Chattanooga get one of those before? Like their first build was it? Was that no? Because we had that guy on the show who their first. They oh, no, you built it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, yeah No, what you're talking about, you're actually referring to Adam Lehman at the Georgia Tiny House That's Festival. Right. With the Tiffany. He had the white. It was white, right? No, blue. No, blue. It was blue. Yeah, yeah. so he actually got yeah. best in show for the Georgia Tiny House Festival. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Sheena and Ross actually got best in show this uh, just a few weeks ago for the festival, for the Florida Tiny House wow. Festival, which totally made sense because their parking spot, not only is their house amazing, um, but their fold-up, I want them to tell you about their, the, the layout and how the whole thing functions. It was the party house. It was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> It was it, so fun. Are there pictures of your house? I don't see any pictures of your house on your website. Yeah, we have uh, pictures on Facebook and Instagram. That's like our main, oh, okay. our main way of, of doing it. But there's a ton of pictures on there. Build pictures, okay. um, kind of just in the process of how we got to that point. But okay. yeah, it's pretty fun. We're not so great about updating our .com. But yeah, our blog is not great. We have too much fun doing other yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> 19,000 miles so far this year that yeah. we've traveled. We, we get distracted. Oh, very cool. <laughs> So you want to describe real quickly your tiny house? Like Sure. So we have a 24-foot-long custom gooseneck trailer. Um, and we have our 7-foot by 7.5-foot roll-up garage door. Um, it's really funny when we have people come over and they finally realize that it is a garage door. It kind of hits them like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, there's lots of ooh-ahs when that happens. It's <laughs> fun. Um, but we have a fold-down uh, deck as well that covers our garage door during travel. Um, so it, it is, like she says, it becomes the party house. You've got this giant, like 35 square foot deck and mm. then the big garage door that creates this indoor outdoor space. And then of course you're off this giant 55 inch TV that you can watch. 55 inch. Yes. And the hammock. And the and hammock. The hammock yeah. Yeah. And the lounge chairs that sit out on the deck. Lord if you have ever have a question about where he is, just imagine he's in the hammock watching <laughs> football. <laughs> <laughs> But we are also, we're double lofted. So we have a king size loft uh, on one side uh, that Ross and I and the two large dogs sleep in. And then our other side is our lofted closet. It's about 35 square feet. So it's really one of the biggest closets I've seen in a tiny house so far. We have plenty of room up there still. Um, We don't utilize all of it at this point. And then let's see, we have a 35 square foot bathroom with our nature's head composting toilet. Round shower, uh, LG washer dryer, um, ventless combo unit, which is amazing. Mm. Um, and then our big kitchen, we have a huge U-shaped kitchen with a 36-inch farmhouse sink, which is massive and was a total fluke that yeah. redesigned our whole house. We just accidentally found that. Yeah, yeah, that was a bring back to Lowe's. Somebody bought it for their house, never took it out of the box. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I was just talking to this girl, this associate at Lowe's, and she had green hair, and she was acting <laughs> like she just had the worst day ever, and so oh. I just felt like I needed to talk to her, because obviously I'm a talker. Um, <laughs> and when I talked to her, she just was like, hey, somebody brought this back. I don't know what color it is, how big it is. You want to look at it? I was like, well, of course. And it was before we had even started building, right? Like mm, months yeah. before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she opened the box, and it was gorgeous. And she was like, mm, $100? Wow. Uh, oh, what? man. <laughs> Let me buy yeah. this and get out of the store before you realize what you have done. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was karma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> karma, karma decided you needed a hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Very love cool. It. Very cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so what do you like most about being on the road? You've been on for a year now or so. Oh, um, man, there's so much to like. It's, um, you know, at, at first I kind of took it at face value when we did this, like, uh, you know, more time, more freedom, travel, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, you, you kind of find out how deep the rabbit hole goes. Mm-hmm. Like you start, you stay at these cool places and just the relationships and the people that you meet. Um, that was kind of unexpected. Just, um, you know, you kind of form a tribe with some of these people mm-hmm. and you instantly connect. Um, and that, that, that's been by far my favorite part, I think. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. meeting different people, like-minded people. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and finding your tribe, finding your your place in the world, which yeah. is great. When you when you're traveling like that, so you're see, I I I presume that like a a nurse, a traveling nurse, would have more opportunities to get a gig than an anesthetician. Correct. <laughs> so how do you guys go about? <laughs> how do you guys go about finding um, work, and is it a problem? when you're traveling? It's honestly not a problem. Um, this sounds kind of weird when I say it, but we say that we travel full time and work occasionally. Um, whenever I work, I work 24 hour shifts. So I'll go in and I'll work from 7am one day to 7am the next day. Okay. Uh, And if you work 90 of those 24 hour shifts a year, it's considered full time. And so this last year, um, I'll have worked 82 of those and still be able to travel, you know, mm-hmm. the way that we do. Oh, wow. So it's actually a big blessing to be able to be in this career and have that kind of freedom. Yeah. Um, but no, it's not hard to find because there's a lot of really rural gigs where um, there may be like one CRNA and that's the only anesthesia provider for 200 miles around. Wow. And if that anesthesia provider wants to go on vacation mm-hmm. or they want to go on a medical mission trip, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I cover for a lot. Um, then they have to hire somebody to come in and take over for them. So that's, that's the main thing that we do. Is right. It's kind of like helping them out yeah. at the same time, getting paid and keeping up with our licensure and making mm-hmm. some more gas money so we can keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The licensure. Yeah, so, yeah. So for us, the pattern is that you kind of work for maybe a week or two and then, and then travel for a few months. Yeah. Oh, that's just, great. Yeah. Kind of repeat that pattern, you know? Nice. Right. And so what is the thing that you um, like least about your lifestyle? Mm. nothing good one no, that's <laughs> a good one um i would say people eating their bacon it's a little lonely <laughs> that you know it's only the two of us and our two dogs when we get to some places and so we've kind of learned how to break out of the box and and be more social mm-hmm. than i guess we used to be mm-hmm. um which has been an interesting turn of events this year yeah. very how, interesting how do you do that buffalo trace uh, so one are these Dang festivals, man. Like we said <laughs> we were going to do one. <laughs> we, but yeah, I mean, it was never like a plan to They'd do never it. never intended to do it, yeah. So our biggest thing is that whenever we decided to go tiny, it was really hard to find a lived-in tiny house to mm. tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided once we lived in our tiny house for a while, we would do one, one show where people could come in, be an actual tiny house with people in it. Um, and we did that in April at the Earth Day Festival in Dallas. Mm. And... Just became addicted. Oh yeah! Awesome. So we've done four shows this year. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah. And you're Not okay fun. with people traipsing through your house? Oh yeah, we on the low end. I think we've estimated probably around thirty five thousand people have been through our house this year. Wow! So I'm just curious. Yeah. Did, did you ever have you ever come back from that kind of an experience and, and said, 
where's my potted plant or where's my, <laughs> where's my pot? Or where's my, yeah, where's my pot? Yeah. <laughs> most, most people are pretty respectful. What um, about those other people? The occasional kid strumming on the guitar or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, our buddy Richard had a really bad horror story. Oh my gosh. Richard from Terraform Tiny Homes. Have you guys ever spoken to him? He's phenomenal. No, not yet. Um, he <laughs> has a nature's head composting toilet, right? Oh, no. And it's like, you, you know the clunk of the nature's head, like right. when somebody right. opens it. the door. Yeah. yeah. And so some kid was in there and he heard the clunk of the door. And so he came running inside <laughs> and this kid's like elbow deep in his nature's head. Oh, oh yeah. Where? Oh, where yeah. he like picks the kid up by his collar and takes him outside. And he's You're like, where is your mother? <laughs> oh. So was he covered in like sawdust and poop? Um, little, little, uh, cocoa he had, cork. He had, a handful, he had a handful of something, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, handful <laughs> of something. Some handful of something. <laughs> yeah. So and I you, took the little kid down from the loft at yeah. the Florida show. This little kid just was running around screaming, not listening to his mom at all. He went up into our closet loft and was running circles in our closet loft. He didn't want to come down. And he would not come down. So I had to drag myself up there and get this kid out of my loft and take him out of my house. <laughs> well, Michelle describes your place as the party place. So what else <laughs> was the kid supposed <laughs> to do? Party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you guys, At least we stay on the main floor for the most part. Exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you guys are totally self-sufficient in terms of energy and waste production and management? We are. Um, we have been some places, like we went to this one place in Florida. It was a 1,600-acre nature preserve at one of Florida's water management districts. Wow. Um, and we went traipsing through the jungle, it felt yeah. like, with this big old tiny house. Mm. Uh, we were out there for, I think, like six or seven days. Never saw another human being. Um, had enough solar to function and do whatever we needed and water in our water catchment system. Um, we did that again in Kansas for nine days, this little state park out there, Corps of Engineer Park. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we went nine days without seeing another human being. It was glorious. We, we boondock a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's we have enough power and, and water to do that. Mm. If we like it, we'll stay for a couple of weeks. If we don't, you know, we'll move on. Interesting. You you mentioned earlier about the loneliness, but it sounds like you guys are pretty happy out there all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we like to mix it up a Yeah, you got to have a healthy mix. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Good balance. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So do you guys have a mailing address, a way that people can reach you or, or not? So we use our, uh, my family farm in Tennessee. Mm. Uh, my parents live out here on this farm where we're at right now with cows and goats and chickens and pigs and horses, and everything. Wow. Um, and we'll use that for like a snail mail address. But when people ask us that question, I'm like, what do you get in the mail <laughs> that you need? <laughs> most of it is spam and like junk mail yep. and, you know, yep. all that. So we, we do email and online for everything. All my mail goes to my kid's house. Exactly. We have the reverse. Uh, mm -hmm. And I actually make them go through it like junk mail, junk mail, junk mail, junk mail. <laughs> oh, you want this? No, junk mail. <laughs> no. Exactly. <laughs> I need somebody that raised so when you're not when you're not out traipsing in the in the boondocks or or uh, watching uh, whatever it is you watch on that humongous TV or entertaining folks who are coming in for a short period of time to look at your place or otherwise eat your bacon, what are you doing? What are you doing when you're not working? Go for it: hiking, biking, kayaking, alligators. Yeah, you can alligators. <laughs> that was wineries. my bacon. We'll, we'll find a bunch of wineries to stay at. Yeah, we do that a lot. So we do a program called harvesthost.com. Have you guys heard of that? No. You told me about it and I still have to do my research and look it up for my for my epic trip next year. 
oh, you have to do it. It's amazing. Uh, we, we've never had a bad experience with it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's been awesome. I'm so, so excited. $44 a year and you join Harvest Host and then you have access to over 580 hosts across the country in the U.S. Right. In small Canada. businesses, yeah. What kind of small businesses? Like wineries. Uh, oh. Wineries, breweries, distilleries, uh, farmer's markets. Um, Alligator ranches. Alpaca oh. farm. I'm trying to think of everything we've stayed at this year. Um, just strawberry field. Yeah, I did that yeah. one. We stayed oh, in the middle cool. of strawberry field. That was really pretty. And what, what's the um, quid pro quo there? So all they ask is that you support their business in some way. You buy so their if booze. You're to a winery, <laughs> we're going to buy a bottle of wine anyway. Thanks for the free night stay. Oh, um, seriously? They don't say you got to come and crush some grapes or... Which no, but they offer it. Like, if you want to do that, yeah. you can do that. We've helped with bottling before. Wow. Um, there was a there was an elderly couple that kind of run an alpaca farm that we, that we met up with, and you know, we could tell he kind of needed some help doing stuff around the farm. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just kind of bartered our services. If he needed help putting up a fence, yeah. Um, so we helped him do that, mm-hmm. and they were grateful. They fed us dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a but perfect that's awesome thing about it. Is like it's not so sterile like yeah. RV parks and some campgrounds mm-hmm. can be, where you're packed in like sardines. Yeah, but everybody closes their doors, and that's it. Yeah. Like that's the end of the night. That's a great so, solution for traveling tiny housers. Mm-hmm. What's the name yeah, again? More unique Harvest experience Harvest for sure. Coast. I wonder if we, is is it is it organized? It must be organized through some central location that we can maybe get on the show. Well, when she first brought it up too, um, I was thinking there's another one. I think that's called Boondockers or something. That's that's yes. a similar. Yes, welcome. Yeah, exactly. So there's another one huh. um, <clears throat> that is you offer your driveway. You know, you you mm-hmm. buy a membership and then you sort of offer your driveway, and other people offer their driveways. But I like I like the harvest um, concept oh. a little bit better because again, you're gonna buy. You know. Um, in my case, wine anyways, right. um, you're going to, you know, and it also, again, they were talking about getting out there and being a, almost forcing yourself to be a little bit more social yeah. Yeah. and I, not that it would take too much forcing, but um, I think right. it scratches all the itches, right? Yeah. Right. It does. The only thing they require is that you're a self-contained rig. So, uh, okay. you know, you mm. need to be off grid or, or not need, you know, electric hookups. or water or whatever, whenever you go. Now, some of them do have hookups. That they'll either give to you for free, or you can I think one place we paid like five dollars a night for electric and water. You can't really count on it being yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have to be self-contained. But other than that, I mean, just support their business, and it's awesome. Huh. Well, awesome experience. Yeah. After we talked about it, I'm actually considering doing that next year uh, in Eris. Awesome. Eris, um, yeah. my teardrop, because it's you know um, yeah. she's uh, she's a semi-primitive, and she's <clears> you know totally self-contained for that for that matter. So. I like them that semi-primitive. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Hair under the armpits. <laughs> non-shaved legs. Yeah, you like her kind of curvy yeah. Uh, axle. Yeah, I love that curvy <laughs> axle. She's got that camber in the right place. <laughs> Boy, we are getting raunchy on this show. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so, okay. So, so back to the original question. Um you, which you answered, but I'm just curious. So what are you guys going to do? So, so you're, you're right at a year now. This is, is this going to become more than a sabbatical? I think so. Mm. Um, mostly because we have trips planned all the way into 2019 at this point. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to keep going. Uh, we're hiking the Grand Canyon, uh, this summer with a bunch of people. Mm. And then next summer we're going to do Alaska. Wow. Um, and we actually just got our new project. To do Alaska, I'm super excited. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
bought a four window shorting school, school bus. bus. So we're going to convert that and that's going to be our rugged traveler. It looks wow. like Eldon. Looks so so you're like going to go in schoolie. Yep. You're going to park the tiny house in its hauler and take this bus instead. Well, yeah, we're kind of going to do both. Like we'll, we'll travel with both of them to like central locations. Um, like this one place that I work up in the panhandle of Texas, it's perfect. Um, so we can put the tiny house there and then take the bus on, uh, like little loop trips oh, interesting. around from there and come back. Um, so it lets us get a little bit further back into nature a little bit. Cause I mean, we really do, we have a big tiny house, you know, for, for us it's big. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We could definitely go smaller. Um, but there's some places, you know, where we're tall, we're 13, six at the highest point. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't go back into some more of the, you know, more, rugged terrain i guess i see interesting mm-hmm. uh so wow and, and you guys are going to do the schoolie work all yourselves we are yeah wow. yep, yep. do you guys have do you guys have background in that work <laughs> no <laughs> man we're, we're total amateurs wow interesting. i can hover somebody between life and death but don't ask me to do electrical <laughs> <laughs> i think that first skill is way better yeah, yeah. way more important <laughs> youtube's a big help you know yeah <laughs> And we do have dads. Both of our dads are engineers and my little brother is in construction management. Oh, okay. Um, so we've got hands around that yeah. do help and yeah. are glad to help. Like it's always yeah. a fun family project. You can always bounce ideas off Oh, yeah, them. for sure. Yeah. What? yeah, that's the difference too. I mean, even if, if you don't know the answer, it's just as good to know someone who does. For sure. So, exactly. Exactly. You know, my resources, I consider, you know, my resource list to be amongst my best assets yeah. is... To know who to call um, for answers of stuff that I don't know. Well, yeah, I, my my best asset for getting advice on tiny houses is going to be you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, so what did you what did your parents think when you guys decided that you wanted to do this? Oh, they thought we were crazy. <laughs> Most parents would know. Yeah, I mean, you got <laughs> to understand the world that we come from is you know a lot of medical people, uh, uh, a lot of medical people in our family. Um, there's there's people in our family that our tiny house would not fit in their closet. You know, like it's 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 a crazy different world between six thousand square foot houses and two hundred square feet. Yeah. So a lot of them kind of just looked at us like we were nuts when we first started doing this. Super supportive. Way supportive, yeah. But just like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, did you answer back with them and say what could possibly go like what's the worst case scenario? What could possibly go wrong? Um and what, well, do yeah, they th- what do they that, think now? Oh, they, they love it now. They oh, think yeah. it's fascinating. Um, I'm trying to get them to come to a show with us next year so they can meet and see, you know, a lot of these like-minded people. And the fact that we're in a big, tiny house. Like, this is a big, tiny house compared to mm-hmm. some yep. teardrops mm-hmm. and yeah. bands yeah. and schoolies. Yeah. And yeah. So, trying to see that we're crazy, but, you know, we're just as crazy as our friends. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because when you, I think when you get someone who thinks you're crazy into a tiny house, they changed their tune. When I had my wife, my wife was, she was convinced that she could not live in a tiny house. But when we went to the festival here in Vancouver or in Clark County, she changed her tune and she was like, I could live in something like this, this particular one. It is really cool to see people's faces when they walk in. They're like, oh, you know, it's not so bad. This is 200 square feet. Yeah. Yeah, And it's interesting. There's, there's this movement of people. I think you guys, you guys probably don't fit in this generation, but there's, there's the, the, the younger generations are trying to figure out how to solve this housing situation that they're dealing mm-hmm. with. And one of the ways is 
tiny houses. And another way I've found out recently is sailboats. A lot of young oh, couples, yeah. couples yeah. are moving we into sailboats. We actually have quite a few friends that live on sailboats. Mm. Really? And they love it. Yeah. They love it. Yeah. So uh, maybe some of your, some of your uh, nursing folks and the family will decide to do the same thing you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> maybe sell them that first house. Exactly. Yeah, sell them that first house. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> they get to fixing it up. Yeah, they can fix it up. Oh, oh what a project. Yeah, what a project. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, projects for days. We we're never sitting here with idle hands. Like there's no. always something to do. <laughs> Just like on a sailboat. Yeah. So Sheena and Ross, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great hearing oh, your yeah. stories. Thanks, thanks for having us, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And Tiny House listeners, you've heard another episode of our wonderful show with our wonderful guests and a little bit of banter in the beginning, um, which always is stimulating for us in the studio. Maybe not for you guys. <laughs> um, tune in next week because we're going to be talking with someone else equally as interesting as Sheena and Ross and you will have a good time I promise have a great one thank you Sheena and Ross for your hospitality um, it's really great meeting you and it was great to meet you and it was great to, to have this chance to chat with you and I, I appreciate you and uh, I love you Aww. thanks MJ we love you too have a good day see you right now thanks. bye everybody bye see ya Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon.